Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hey everyone, this is Mike Zeidner with my first devotional podcast for 2024. I'm really looking forward to sharing my heart with you. The passage of scripture we'll be looking at together is from the first letter of John, chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Since this first chapter is very short, I'll be starting with verse 1, just to get the context. As it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from Him, and declare to you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So before we dig into this passage, let's consider the backdrop of what we learned about sin and its relationship to the law from Pastor's sermon last last Sunday. We saw that we would not have known sin except through the law. The law is like a spiritual MRI. It reveals what's there, but hidden. You can't blame an MRI scan for what it exposes. We might never know that we're sinning in many areas, such as covetousness, if the law didn't show us specifically. In Romans 7, Paul describes a dynamic where the warning of don't do that may become a call for action because of our sinful, rebellious heart. It isn't the fault of the commandment, but it is our fault. So, Mike, what do you mean by a call to action? Well... For example, back in the 50s when I was a young teenager, I lived in a quiet little town called Lodi in the Central Valley of California. Very unexciting, very boring place. Like the old song says, I was stuck in Lodi. My dad was a well-known banker in one of the two main banks in town. Because we were surrounded by agriculture, his principal job as a loan officer was to establish relationships with the local farmers and ranchers in the valley and to make large agricultural loans every year. So to do this, he had to establish a trust relationship with these families, which would help ensure the repayment of the debt that they owed. I'll always remember my mom told me not to do anything that would get our name in a newspaper, because that would damage my father's reputation. Well, my dad and I, uh, my dad was a German uh, immigrant son and uh, He was very stoic, and he was a hard guy to get to know. And uh, my relationship with him was probably not the greatest. So 
um, all those things that my, my mom told me not to do was really a call to action to my sinful, rebellious heart. So I tried in many ways to push the limits and in many ways break the law. Was the desire awakened simply by the possibility of creating grief for my parents and maybe getting my name in the paper? <laughs> Needless to say, my relationship with my Heavenly Father was pretty poor during that time, even though I was seeking His presence. The weakness of the law isn't in the law. It is in us. Our hearts are so wicked that they, can't, they can find opportunity for all manner of evil desire from something good like the law of God. Paul puts it this way in Romans 7, 8. He said, But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, which is the law, produced in me all manner of evil desire. The word opportunity in the original is a military term, meaning a base of operations. The first three verses of First John chapter 1 are all about the intimate relationship that the disciples had with Jesus. It's as if John was saying to everyone, the Logos that we have been talking about and writing about for centuries, well, we have heard him, seen him, studied him, and touched him. So let me now tell you about him. Most of us understand that the important things in life are not things at all. Rather, they are the relationships that we have. The brilliant physicist Blaise Pascal concluded that inside every man is a God-shaped vacuum. I call it a hole in your heart, and it's there to tell us that we really need God, and the reason that it feels so empty is because of our sin. And then at verse 4, John announces the wonderful promise which results from seeking that relationship. He says, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So he's not talking about happiness based on our natural optimism due to outer circumstances. It's kind of like the old song, I can see clearly now the rain has gone. No, this is about the true joy of a renewed fellowship with the creator of the universe. Then John says in verse 5, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. This verse reminds me of Paradise Lost, the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned and they hid in the shadows. The shadows and the darkness are where we hide from God. Just like Adam and Eve, God calls us back to the light. He calls us back into his presence so he can deal with our sin. He asks, where are you? What did you do? Speak the truth. Come back to reality. In the next verse, John nails it down. And he says, We're, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. I think this is what the broken path of denial looks like. A false claim of fellowship and then choosing to walk in darkness, which merely leads you back to where you started, only to repeat the cycle repeatedly. John then provides the ultimate answer to our search for a relationship, and he says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. God has put a deep desire for a relationship in every one of us. It's a desire he intended to be met with relationships with others, but most of all to be met by a relationship with him. Then, as if to reinforce his point, 
John dives even deeper. He says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in it. Think of all the excuses that we use to come to mind here. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I'm only human. Uh, this is kind of different from knowing and admitting I'm a sinner. The next verse is the one that truly wrecks me because he identifies the result of confession and being forgiven of my son. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The word confess here is the Greek homologeo, which means to say the same thing as or to agree with. To confess our sins, then, is to say the same things about our sins that God does. That it is sin, that our sins have been forgiven, washed away by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bottom line here, John is referring to our need to acknowledge and confess to God that we're sinners because of Adam's sin, as well as to receive the total forgiveness for all our sins through Jesus' finished work. The chapter ends with John reminded us in verse 10, that if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So this is the true bottom line. For if we deny the presence of sin, we are self-deceived and denying God's word. Yet, even though sin is always present, so is its remedy. So sin need never be a hindrance to our relationship with God. One thing that I've learned over the years is that my Heavenly Father is not surprised by my sin, and that because of Jesus and the price he paid for my sin, I can come boldly before the throne of grace. As we conclude, I'd like you to consider something. God has given us a secure self-worth, totally apart from our ability to perform. We've been justified and placed in right standing before God through Christ's death on the cross, which paid for our sins. But God didn't stop with our forgiveness. He also granted us the very righteousness of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 is my life scripture. 30 years ago, it was my deliverance from the fear of failure and a performance trap that I was caught in. This is what it says. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What does this mean? Well, he has provided for our righteousness, the worthiness to stand in God's presence, that true relationship that we've been seeking without fear of personal condemnation, because he has imputed the very righteousness of Christ to us. So by imputing righteousness to us, God attributes Christ's worth to us. And the moment we accept Christ, God declares we're no longer condemned sinners. Instead, we're forgiven. We receive Christ's righteousness, and we're creatures who are fully pleasing to him. Jesus' perfect payment for sin has since satisfied the righteous wrath of God, enabling us again to have the status of righteousness and to delight in knowing and honoring the Lord. And for this very reason, these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. My prayer Father God, I ask that you would just uh, establish uh, your presence in every one of our lives in such a fashion, Lord, that it would just cleanse away any uh, false deceptions, any uh, resistance to really claiming 
what has been done for us through Christ's blood. Lord, we stand there before you with nothing that we can offer except to say we are so thankful what he has done for us. So Lord, bless each one that hears this podcast today. May your day be uh, blessed with his presence. In Jesus' name, amen. 